0: Hey, 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 listeners, Irenia here. Today I'm talking with the fabulous Nicola Rowley. We're talking all about self-leadership, how important this is to nurture from an early age being a child into adulthood. It's so important for us as leaders to be able to know ourselves know our strengths, know our values and what we stand for in order to move forward in our career and life journey. Nicola shares with us from a very early age how she does this and how she is looking at doing this with the next generation. Listeners, if you love this episode, please share it with a friend. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into this fantastic conversation with Nicola all the way in the UK. Welcome superstars. Thank you so much for tuning in to this style. You're listening to Art Live with Irenia. I'm very excited to bring you this week's episode. I'm your host, Irenia Roussel. Today, I'm in conversation with the fabulous Nicola J. Rowley. Hello, Nicola. Hello, thank you so much for having me on. You are so welcome. I am very much excited to have you on the show today, um, because as I'm journeying across the different continents, it's so fantastic to have someone from the European um, region, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I'm over uh, in a place called Surrey, which is in the United Kingdom. That's just
0: outside of London. That's fantastic. So to you, my listeners, thank you so much for joining in. And to those of you who are joining for the first time, welcome. Stay tuned to this dial because we are going to provide you with some awesome content. So let me just give you a little bit of an overview um, on Nicola. Nicola worked as a journalist um, for over 25 years. And um, she's done a lot of different things, you know, from being a reporter to being a news, news reader, working with a variety of media organizations, including BBC. She pivoted into a communications role later on, and in 2019 started her own communications agency. Nicola is also a multi award winning children's author, and she's published two picture books, James and the Amazing Gift and James and the Birthday Balloon. It's an audiobook which is narrated by TV's Dr. Ranched. Did I say that right? <laughs> you did say that right. You
1: did say that right. He's very, very popular here in the UK. Um, mums they go wild for him there's no other there's no other way to describe it
0: that is absolutely fantastic so i can see you know based on your background that you have done multiple multiple pivots in your career so let's give us you know an overview backstory of you know your career
1: okay well um I guess from like way back when, when I was six, it all starts when I'm six and I'm in a classroom and uh, my teacher says to all of us, start writing a story. And I sit there and I come up with a story about a cat, a witch and a spaceship. And I start writing and then I realise I don't ever want to stop. And the teacher is, Quite intrigued by this, and she sees what's happening because everyone else has finished their stories and they've gone off out to playtime and everything else. I don't stop, I just carry on. And she says to me, Are you almost finished, Nicola? And I'm like, There's so much more to this story, there just is. <laughs> and she can see the excitement and everything else that's going on. And this basically translates into I love to write everything that I've ever done. It just words just flow from me, and I just enjoy it the most. And it's why I trained to become a journalist because I just wanted to be able to write. However, what happened was when I got to graduate, I had my degree in journalism. Um, I discovered broadcasting, and I loved it. And I loved being able to read the news on the radio and to to travel around and report and do all the other things. And eventually, I moved into TV. And I really enjoyed it, but there was always something missing. Um, And it's quite interesting that I didn't work out what was missing until a lot, lot later. I moved into communications, as you mentioned, I worked um, for some very high profile PR agencies in the UK. Um, I was doing that for a long time, but always there was this niggling thought, you still haven't written a book. And I think for me, that was what was missing. And in between all of this, I started my own photography business. And to this day, I still do some photography, but it didn't really fill 100% of the the void or the need for me to be able to express myself through stories. And so when my little boy came along when I was 40, um, I sat down and I realized that actually, I was never gonna get back that break In terms of having that maternity leave again, and I sat and I wrote a story, which in effect was um, it was inspired by him because when he was three months old, we'd taken him swimming. Yes. I was just getting him changed at the end, and he uh, there was a little girl next to him who was crying her eyes out. She was inconsolable, and he reached across to her and gave her held her hand and just gave her the gummiest smile ever and she just stopped she was just shocked and she stopped exactly what she was doing and that is how the character of James from James and the Amazing Gift came about because his amazing gift is being able to help others through small acts of kindness such as smiling at them Um, and I thought it was a really important message for children especially to kind of pick up and learn and so that was the first book and then the second book, um, James and the Birthday Balloon, that was basically because I wanted children to also look out for their friends. So that's how that one came about as well. But in between all of this, then I went off and I realized that I wanted to be there more for my son than I had been because I was still working pretty much full time at this point in communications. And. Um, And so I started freelancing to make the hours work while he started school. And then I started my own communications agency and I'm still running it today. So it has literally gone full circle in terms of the trying to do the the mum juggle, trying to make it all fit together. And then going through various stages to be able to get to where I am. And in between all of this journey, because I did struggle when I first returned to work, Um, after um, maternity leave what ended up happening was I realized I didn't want any other mum to struggle or feel like she was on the journey by herself so I also launched the Working Mum Association which is a global community of mums everywhere um, to ensure that mums never ever feel like they're not supported they don't get motivation and they basically don't feel alone in that journey as they go through.
0: That is absolutely wonderful. You know, um, I love your inspiration for your first book in terms of spreading kindness. And the second book, you know, not leaving anyone behind. Um, I love that it's dedicated to kids um, so that they can learn from an early age, the importance of what it means to be good to each other and what it means to work together um, you know, um, closely um, united. Um, That's really, really cool. And in terms of, you know, some of the work that you've been doing throughout your journey, because you've had multiple pivots and you've spoken to multiple people and met like a vast amount of people. How have mentors impacted your journey to get you to where you are today?
1: I think, I think they've been absolutely massive and key in terms of me getting to where I am today. I, w- I say that actually my teachers, right from kind of even primary school all the way through to secondary school, I had a couple of amazing English teachers. Um, when I was at secondary school who really believed in me, who it, it was always even with that first story when I was six with the cat, the witch and the spaceship it became apparent very early on that the other thing that I liked to do was stand up and talk (laughs) and I like to present and they, they basically used to always call on me anytime they wanted someone to talk about something because I just was quite confident in myself in being able to do that. And that progressed um, as I went into secondary school and I was called on by my English teacher to do, uh, to represent the school for public speaking. And so I, it carried on in that way, but then also huge encouragement from both teachers um, in terms of writing. And to this day, I've kept all my English books because with their comments in because they meant so much to me. Um, and then all the way through to you know working in journalism and then when I worked in communications, just some incredible people that you work alongside who were completely at the top of their game who really take you under their wing and they they show you how to do things in a in a brilliant way Um, and now working with a business coach um, like Lisa Johnson who is just phenomenal in terms of telling you that she's got your back but then also helping you with your strategy so that you can actually see where you need to be going and how you need to build out your business and take it to the next level so you're constantly thinking about scaling and getting it to where you want it to be so that it then provides you with the life of your dreams basically and it fits together with everything else that you're
0: doing that's absolutely wonderful I love that you kept all your teaching books, <laughs> you know, that's, that's really cool. It's good that, you know, you focused on your strengths and what you were, what you're good at and you build on that, right? And when you do that, genius comes out of that, right? So that's really awesome. So we've all had, you know, journeys in our life where we had major epic fails, Right. Can you think back to a time where you had an epic fail and how you overcame that?
1: Oh, there have been there've been many. <laughs> there been times where, you know, I'd be going live, for instance, um, and it might be for BBC News or something, and they'd be putting me on national TV, and I'd completely forget what I was meant to be talking to someone about, or it wouldn't quite work as it was meant to, or, you know, things wouldn't quite work or the satellite would go down and then you're not there and you're not able to do it and you know things like that but I think you just have to keep picking yourself back up um I always remember when James and the Amazing Gift came out and it was the first time that I'd ever had a book no one had ever heard of me I didn't have an audience as a following I tried to build one up as I went along while I was bringing out the book but it's hard as a first-time author and I remember ringing up independent bookshops and saying will you stop the book for me and one of the first bookshops that i rang it was a it was a bookshop around the corner from me and um i just said oh i'm a local author can i pop in and see you and my book's out and i'd love to share the story with you and everything else i'm just wondering whether you'd be interested in supporting me and the lady looked it up and then she went no And then she put the phone down it hurts. I mean, it stinks, you know, for that like moment where someone says to you, no, I'm not interested, but what you have to do. And I think this is what working in PR has definitely done. And just even being quite ambitious, I guess, as a journalist, I used to apply for lots and lots of different jobs. I wanted to always be at the next level. And I used to keep a folder with all my rejection letters in for the very reason that I could look at them but remind myself that I was gonna get to where I wanted to get to. So I guess I've always, without me even realizing it, I've always had a growth mindset. So when that lady said to me, no, yeah, for half an hour, I was like, oh my gosh, is this book gonna go anywhere? Is anyone gonna even care about this? I realized I just had to keep going. And that's the thing, it's that never giving up. And I would say that one of my core traits is tenacity and never ever giving up and it doesn't matter what gets thrown at me I dust myself off I get going again and I think it's really important to have that
0: I absolutely agree with that you know I love that you have a growth mindset and that one of your key traits is tenacity because that's so important when we're going after what we want you know our our dream what we want to do in life. So that's really cool. Um, It's just so important, especially in this day and age, right? So you've told me your core trait, but what is your superpower?
1: I would say it's storytelling. And I think it's being able to, whether that's taking a children's book, and taking your children's story and being able to take children on an adventure where they will lose themselves in some magic, as they do in my new book, Mug the, the Dancing Wizard, or being able to help others tell their story. So that quite often when I do PR strategy sessions with people, entrepreneurs, uh, predominantly female entrepreneurs, they will come to me and they'll be, this, so I've got this and... I'm doing this business, but they haven't sat down and they've thought about why they're doing it. Why did they start doing what they did? They haven't thought about what their superpower is, but I think my superpower is being able to pull everything that they say together and then being able to write it as a story for them so that by the time they look at it, they've got seven paragraphs in front of them and like nine times out of 10, they're pretty much blown away by what I've written because they're like, well, hang on a second, you've just compacted everything and whereby I've thrown loads of different strands at you you have been able to tell my story and quite a few people like they don't even realize what the most impactful thing is but I think that comes from the fact that I trained as a journalist so I think like a journalist so I know what works for journalists so it helps them get more visible because from it they're able to then go off and be able to get uh, PR and uh, media features and everything along those lines. But then also, if they work with me one to one, then I'm able to get them more strategic PR storytelling. So it's telling their story through the power of PR, with them being endorsed um, by journalists. So that third party, um, like as a journalist or a writer or whatever it is, whichever publication it is. And then through that, they're able to reach others and impact the lives of others. And that's what I really like about doing what I do now is that it's not just a case of okay so you've helped someone tell their story. It's who they go on and they impact and who they then go on and help. And it's a much bigger thing than just focusing on one person being able to go out there and do something. A lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with they've got a reason that they're trying to do it. They've got people that they want to help and I think that ties in with my whole ethos about giving and being able to give back at the same time.
0: I love it. This has such a multiplier effect, you know, a paid forward effect. That's fantastic that your superpower is storytelling, which is impacting so many people. Now you alluded to your new book, Mug the Wump. The Dancing Wizard. Can you tell us a little bit more about this exciting new book that you have? I certainly can. So this book is, it's everything,
1: really. Um, So way back when I was nine, my dad created uh, Mug the Womp, the character of the wizard for me uh, as part of Bedtime Stories. And he said to me that the wizard lived in a wood and he had a a blue Burmese cat with him. Well, I grew up with a blue Burmese cat. He was like the family cat. Um, And it was so special the way he told this story. I was completely entranced by it. And I begged him to write it down. As soon as he, he told me the story, I was like, write it down. It's really, really good. Write it down, please, please, please. And he said, well, I'll only write it down if you draw a picture of the wizard and then I can write it from that. And I was nine. My picture was rubbish, but I did it. It ended up on this piece of paper and it stayed at the back of our garage for years and years and years as a reminder to him to write it down, which unfortunately he never did. Um, And at one point, I think much, much further down the line, he tried to write it because I begged him to do it so much on and off over the years. I was like, write that story. And um, he tried to do it, but it just, it had lost some of the magic. And um, sadly, he passed away in November, 2016. And I was in the process. I was just bringing out James and the Amazing Gift. And I brought out that book but in the back of my mind was always I want to be able to pay tribute to my dad uh, yeah. for creating that character. So we knew that Mug the Wolf had to be brought to life somehow. Um, and around about that time when it was like 2017, and I'd already written James and the Birthday Balloon. And I was thinking, right, okay, I need to be able to take time out and write this story and what I did was I went along to the Winchester Writers Festival and what happened in a bizarre turn of events is that you can apply for one-to-ones with different agents and one of the agents that I got an appointment with uh, was looking for middle grade fiction so nine to twelve year olds and things like that and I was like but I haven't got, I haven't got anything <laughs> ready. But what yeah. I should do is probably write the opening chapter to the book because I know that I want to do it. So I might as well. If now that I've been given this appointment, I might as well make the most of it and do it. Um, and I started writing it, and I shared the synopsis with another agent who was there at the time, and she said to me, "I want to see the whole manuscript. Get it to me." And by that point, I'd only written the first chapter and i was just like oh my gosh i've got to do this quickly and then she needs to see it she's asked for it i've got to send it so i literally in june i think it was 2017 or july 2017 i sat down for six weeks and solidly wrote for five hours a day now at this point i'd um left my um what was a maternity cover contract job uh for for BBC worldwide at the time, and so I had more time on my hands to be able to do it. But I sat there and I just wrote solidly for five hours a day for six weeks. Um, and then that was an iteration of the book. Um, and but then it needed editing, and then it needed like you know, putting together and everything else. So we did all of that, and I did send the book off, I think it was in the September or October time. But actually looking back at it, it was nowhere near where it is now because I wanted the story to be in a certain way and it wasn't quite there. Um, But now the book is out, um, 37 years in the making, and it is exactly how I want it to be. And I think what the book does right now is it takes children who are aged 7 to 12, although, you know, I read Harry Potter when I was in my late 20s. So it's adults too. Um, It takes you on a magical adventure. And I think right now that is so important that children can lose themselves in a completely different world. They can dare to dream. And if you dare to dream, then you can believe. And if you can believe, then you can achieve. And that is my big thing that I always say to children whenever I go into schools and I do school visits, um, dream, believe achieve because it absolutely is so important that you never ever let go of those dreams and it's the same with me my dream was always to write a book and a chapter book at that and now I've done it
0: well i love that you know dare to dream believe and achieve congratulations nicola it's it's fantastic that you You are living your dream and you are inspiring, you know, the next generation to, to live their dream as well. Right. So that's, that's just fantastic. It's full circle. You know, I loved your complete focus, right? You said you wrote straight five hours a day. I mean, that is complete focus. That's awesome and i believe that you know whenever we deeply deeply and truly want something we do find the time to set aside to go for what we want right
1: oh completely and i think for me it it wasn't a question of whether if it would happen i wanted it to be told i wanted the story to be out there and i wanted to be able to say I did this. And the fact that I managed to do it in between, you know, I then took on another um, PR role and quite a a significant high powered role, but I managed to still be able to pull it all together. um, At the same time, I think, you know, you find that time, you somehow squeeze it in and you somehow get it all done. You just
0: do. You are a powerhouse. That's awesome. So, young women out there who are looking to enter into cooperate or looking into entrepreneurship, some of them have families, some of them do not, you know, what advice would you have for them in current times?
1: I think a lot more people will be looking. I think they'll definitely be questioning whether or not they want to work for someone else or whether they want to work for themselves and I do think when you work for yourself it is very much like a roller coaster ride there are days where everything comes together and it's the most amazing feeling in the whole world and there are days that are tough and that are really difficult and you're faced with situations that can be really difficult you need to be prepared and resilient enough to go on that ride. What I would say is that every little bit of experience that I've had working in national and international newsrooms, um, working in PR agencies, working for a, a, like a big broadcaster in the UK, all of those things that have come together They have all, it's really interesting how it is all now paying back. So, you know, I will have made contacts along the way with certain journalists that is now paying back for when I approach them to be able to help me with reviews for my book. Um, I will have been uh, writing certain things. So people are more willing to take me on board to to write a blog or write goodness knows what for them it might, it might be an article it might be something else but they know because i can write that they're more willing to take me on board so if you are at a crossroads or you're thinking do i want to go down the road of you know working for myself or do i want to go down the road of working for a corporate i would always say like any experience is good experience and you never know who you're going to meet along the way or who you're going to connect with and it's always a good thing to basically have a have a role or a steady role until you get any business that you want to work in for yourself you're able to match that salary so i would always say try and get to that level first before you decide you're going to walk away because then you know that you have more of a buffer And just save money as well behind the scenes so that you know you have a buffer. So if you have a bad month or something like, you know, the situation we're in now with lockdown and coronavirus happens, you have a buffer and you're not sitting there worried about where money is going to come from and how you're going to be able to do everything. You need to really just as much as possible, just have a plan and stick to that plan. So if you know that you want to be in a certain place by a certain time, work towards it. Um, And if it helps you work backwards as well. So if you know that in three years time, you want to be working for yourself, what experience is going to help you be able to do that more effectively? Really think about where you want to be and how you want your life to be designed. And it is design. It's not It's not a case of let your life happen to you. I did that for years and years and years. I just let my life just happen to me and I just plodded along and everything else. In fairness, it was because I was kind of thinking, oh, you know, the maternity benefits for staying in this role are quite good. So I didn't progress in the way that, you know, maybe others thought that I would because I was quite happy to try and get to the point that I wanted to in my own personal life as opposed to putting my career first. You've got to do whatever works for you. And I think that is the best way to do it, but work backwards from wherever you want to be and have that plan and that dream. You absolutely can get there. You've just got to map it out.
0: That's a big golden nugget there that you just dropped on us. I love it. Listeners, you definitely want to bookmark this. Um, Because being prepared and being resilient enough when you have your own business because of the roller coaster ride that it can sometimes be. And also having a solid plan, as Nicola mentioned, is super important. So thank you for that, Nicola. Thank you for that wisdom. That is just awesome. I love it. Mm Now, um, we are going to get to the more personal side of you. So let's segue into a rapid fire inside questions. In terms of morning rituals, you know, what do you do in the morning to set your tone for the day? To put a pep in your step, a pride in your stride?
1: I think for me, the big thing, and I've noticed this, as soon as I discovered... Um, the miracle morning by Hal Elrod I very much make a point of sitting down and writing out how I want my day to be Um, and I also make a point of drinking a pint of water now it's it's like the simplest of things but by having that water and by sitting down and thinking about how do I want my day to play out you're already starting to think in a positive way So even if the day doesn't quite plan out how you want it to, at least you have started in the right way and you've started thinking about it in the right way. So that's what I tend to do. Um, And then as and when I can, I will always try and do a little bit of exercise, stretching first thing in the morning because it does get you going and it it just really helps. But sometimes, things don't go according to plan so I just make sure that I've always thought about the top three things how I want the day to be and then have that water and then at least I know that I am I'm set to face the day
0: I love that it's so simple um but yet it gives you that direction for your day that's cool With regards to music, we know that it changes our physiology, our energy. What's the last song on repeat that you've been listening to that really gives you that good vibe?
1: It would have to be um, On Top of the World by the Imagine Dragons. There's something about it. It's got a really infectious riff. And um, I just love listening to it. And like whenever I go out, if I go for a walk or anything else, it is on repeat all the time at the moment. And I love it. I think it's, it talks about in the song, the lyrics are about childhood. It's about, you know, telling people that you love them while they're still with you. Things like that, really important. So yeah, that is, that's mine. Top of the world, on top of the world by Imagine Dragons.
0: All right, that's awesome. I'll check out that song. Now, you're an author and you've written some children's books. However, I always ask my guests, you know, what book would you recommend that you've read which impacted the trajectory of your life that you would recommend to, to my listeners?
1: There are two. So, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod and She Means Business by Carrie Green. Uh, she Means Business um, made me feel confident enough to start the Working Mum Association. And I think the Miracle Morning, um, it really, it just helped me get through what was a very difficult time. Um, it helped me shift my mindset and you'll know this as much as anyone else but when you're working for yourself or even when you're working in a corporate environment mindset is absolutely everything and i remember working at the bbc in a publicity role and it was my first role that i'd done since i'd returned from maternity leave and i was kind of i wasn't overly enjoying it because it was quite corporate in in the role that I was in. Um, but I knew that there was an end in sight, which is part of the reason why I took that uh, role. But what it did was by following the miracle morning, every single morning while I was doing that, it just gave me that boost of positivity. It made me realize that there are so many possibilities and there's so much out there that I felt like, I was refueled in a way that I was just like, right, now I'm gonna get my first children's book out. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna launch the Working Mum Association, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And it meant that I could because I had so much energy and I just felt even though I was getting up at 5 a.m. every morning and traipsing across to the other side of London, which took like an hour and a half, I'd make sure I was always listening to podcasts or trainings or audible books or i was reading and i always made sure that i was maximizing every little bit of time that i had so that i was always growing and i was always learning and i was making sure that i was investing in myself um so yeah i would say it was those
0: wowza that's all I have to say. That's, that's just, you know, magnificent. I love what you said. You're maximizing every beat of your time, learning and growing. And I'll come back to what you said earlier on in the show, the importance of having a strong growth mindset and tenacity. That is so important. You know, Nicola, we've talked a lot about a lot of things. You know, your career pivots, the reason why you wrote your books, and also the importance of giving back and, you know, the importance of really paying it forward um, with all peers. And, um, you know, do you have any last words of wisdom for our listeners who are listening to us right now?
1: I would say that it's, there is like a quite a basic kind of structure in terms of, leadership and i think that self-leadership is really really important understanding that good communication stands you instead always listen to your intuition always in any given situation if something doesn't feel right then nine times out of ten it's not going to be um really think about the fact that any actions that you take they do have consequences so If you find yourself in any given situation, um, respond to situations. Don't just react. Don't just do a a knee-jerk reaction to it. Respond to it. Um, Think about how your reaction to something is going to come across to someone else. And I think just really be a great communicator. And if you want to progress in the corporate world or in any world, I always think, Never feel afraid to roll your sleeves up and get stuck in. And probably more important than absolutely everything else, treat everyone the way that you would want to be treated. It doesn't matter who they are, what job they do, anything else, always treat them the same. Some of, I've worked in kind of corporate roles in really high up positions, but I will always, always go out of my way to spend time Saying hello to people or spending time like one of my, you know, like one of the people that I used to spend most of my time talking to when I was in a really high up PR position yeah. was the man in the mail room. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like, well, why would you do that? But he was just so lovely. And we could have a chat and we used to say good morning every morning. We'd have a chat about how our days were and everything else. And you know, because I'd taken the time and the effort and everything else, when it came to I needed some help with something who is the first person that just went out of their way to help you never ever know how what you do can impact on others so really be aware of that
0: that is absolutely wonderful um you know i love that you say treat everyone just as how you would like to be treated and never be afraid to roll up your sleeves and get the work done, right? It's been an absolute pleasure having you here, Nicola Rowley from the UK. I am so excited that I have connected with you and we've chatted about your journey. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for
0: having me. All right. And to you, my listeners, thank you so much for continuing to tune in to this dial. I'm your host, Irene Roussel. Nicola, I always like my listeners to contact my guests if they want to continue the conversation. How can my listeners get in contact with you?
1: Um, the best way is via email, which is um, hello at Nicola J. Rowley.com. And um, I've also got a Facebook page um, for my books, which is um, on Facebook at author Nicola J. Rowley. And then if you want to follow uh, me in terms of PR, in terms of understanding how you can get more visible, uh, whether that be in your business, in your corporate life, whatever it is, um, we have a group over on Facebook called the Communications Community. So look us up because we'd love to have you there.
0: That's absolutely wonderful. I'm going to drop that in the show notes and your listeners, you connect with Nicola. All right. Listeners, I'm preparing this fantastic community for you. A community where we can gather, collide, share our ideas, and support each other. I have a lot of plans for you. You are simply going to enjoy the Live with Irenia community. It's coming soon. I will be sharing more in future episodes. Hang on to your seats because we are going to have so much fun. Listeners, I hope you thoroughly enjoyed this conversation because I sure did. I just have one ask of you. If you haven't subscribed to this Podcast, head on over to your favorite player of choice and subscribe. If you find a golden nugget in the episode, share it with a friend. Don't let this knowledge stay with you. We want to spread this knowledge all over the world to empower others to take action in their life and career journey. I just want to say thank you for stopping by on this dial. And I hope that you find your new vibe.